It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans? It's your hosts, the real Ed Oliver and Brandon Scott. Today, we're going to talk about the Phoenix Suns reportedly having interest in trading for Monte Morris and a couple of quotes from Ted Leonsis on the Woj pod. Let's get to it. You are locked on Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. All right. So today we're going to talk about the reported news from Jake Fisher saying that the Phoenix Suns reportedly have interest in trading for Monte Morris. So they do have interest in other point guards, reportedly they're inter- interested in trading for. Uh, the Knicks uh, point guard Emmanuel quickly, uh, Celtics guard Peyton Pritchard, and also Kings guard Davion Mitchell. Uh, the article goes on to say uh, from Jake Fisher saying Phoenix also monitored Washington table setter Monte Morris and Miami guard Gabe, Gabe Vincent, according to league sources. Of course, the, there was a report that came out a couple of days ago that they were going to waive Chris Paul. Then that was kind of retracted or taken back. Now they're going to try to find a trade partner for Chris Paul. So. Uh, we'll see what happens with Chris Paul, but it looks like he's going to be on his way out the door for the Phoenix Suns. So, Brandon, what's your thoughts about this uh, news or report from Jake Fisher that the Phoenix Suns are, are monitoring Monte Morris' situation? We're going to get into a, a, a mock trade about Monte Morris uh, after you answer this question. Um, Well, it's welcome news for Monte and for the Wizards because, you know, while I do appreciate his time in D.C., you know, he came in, he did his job. but Obviously, we're wanting more out of that position, especially as far as a, a distributor, a guy who can drive the lane, uh, collapse defenses, and really utilize shooters. And, you know, Monte Morris, again, did his – you know, he did his job here in D.C., but we just want more. I think going to Phoenix would be a good move. I don't know if they're going to start him, where, you know, where he fits on their roster. But, you know, he has value. So, that tell, you know, that tells me that, you know, depending on the direction of the team, whether it's a retool or a rebuild, we have guys who have value that we can kind of flip and, and get, you know, I believe it was a package. Um, a lot of them address, uh, I believe it was like a couple of second round picks. Um, Landry Shamet was, was an option. So, you know, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to get a super big package in return for Monte, but I think that, you know, this, uh, this front office shows that they can accumulate picks. So if you're able to get, you know, a couple of second rounders, uh, maybe get a role guy, then I think that would be a good pickup for the Washington Wizards especially with this front office, man. They know how to utilize picks. So I would, I'll be for it because, again, what's his place in Washington going forward? You know, <laughs> you know, obviously on the defensive end, he, he's not superior to DeLon because DeLon defensively-wise is just the man. Um, you know, you look at Jordan Goodwin with his energy. So it just it appears he has no place anymore, especially, you know, because it's not a secret that the Wizards are looking at point guards. So I think for, you know, for his career, 
I welcome it because I want to see him successful. You know, he came into DC, you know, for one year, he did his job. And, you know, I hold nothing against Monte, man. It's just his time to find that point guard of the future for our organization. But the Phoenix trade be good for him. Now, I don't know if they're going to, you know, make him start. I don't know what his, you know, what his uh, place would be in Phoenix, but, you know, let's get him some playoff time. So I would be definitely for it. Yeah, um, Monte. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's a he's a good player. He's just a backup point guard in this league. I think we try to make him as the starting point guard. Of course, West Huntsville Junior brought him over with the Nuggets connection, but um, it, it just hasn't uh, hit it, hit the hit what they what the Wizards need or what they're looking for. He's a guy that's not really going to get into the paint and get past guys and get into the teeth of the defense and create uh, opportunities or open shots for other guys or lobs for Gafford or lobs for KP. Uh, he just wasn't really doing that. Now he did average, you know, five or six assists a game had a really good turnover to assist uh, ratio, but he's just a steady Eddie guy, good mid range jump shooter, good three point shooter as well. Just, he's just a solid, solid point guard, but he, the wizards need more from the point guard spot. Um, I, I think he's a solid player right for, for the Suns now, because when Chris Paul didn't play, KD and, and Booker, they went off in the playoffs. So that's the way the Suns are looking at it. They're like, okay, we can move on from Chris Paul. We can just get somebody in there that's cheaper. Now, Monte Morris, he probably would fit a little bit better because every time somebody leaves the Wizards, of course, they play better than what they were with, with the Wizards. So I could see him being going over there and being successful. We saw him be successful next to Jokic in Denver. He was a backup point guard to Jamal Murray. That was really – that's where he was best suited, really, to be a backup for Jamal Murray. But I, I just see him, you know, going over there. And he probably would start because the only point guard they got over there right now is Cameron Payne. If they give up, if they if they do trade away Chris Paul or wave Chris Paul, the only point guard on the roster they really would have is is um is Cam Payne right now at the moment. Because in the playoffs when Chris Paul didn't play, Devin Booker was really running the show and KD, they just they just took turns handing the ball and their pace went up. Now pushing the pace, if if that's what they're looking for for fast basketball then they're not going to get there from Monte. So really it would just have to be the KD and, and, and Booker show for the most part. But um, I would be happy for Monte. He would go to a contender and um, maybe we get some draft picks back and just look towards the future. So uh, let's, let's get to the mock trade here. Uh, so this is from Wiz of Oz, a, a wizard site. They reacted to our trades on Bleacher Report. So you guys can go on Bleacher Report, look at our trades, our mock trades that we made on Bleacher Report. You know, I'm not the best, trade machine guy so it is what it is you guys can definitely uh have your laughs and your takes on the trades that we put up on there brandon had a couple good trades uh on there as well but um so they have us trading monte morris to the suns for landry Shamet, a 2025 second round pick and a 2026 second round pick and the suns just get monte morris so we give a monte morris for basically landry Shamet and two second round picks ah that's not bad man because like i said you know there's a couple of second rounders but you gotta ask yourself man you know what can we really get from monte you know, we know what he can and can't do, you know, so that's I'm, that's I, I would definitely say yes. But saying that, you know, I'm really checking, you know, what's going around the league because see what you can get. Because where, where do you play Shemet? You know, you already got Kispert. You know, you got Goodwin, DeLon. I, you know, it's, it's interesting to see where you play Shemet, but I'm all for it because you're getting something. You know, this front office can utilize picks, man. If you look at OKC, man, they had they were grabbing off, oh, man. I mean, if you look at their treasure trove of picks, I mean, you know, second rounders, I think. You know, there's two things looking at second rounders with this new regime in D.C. is that one, they can get value out of second round picks as opposed to Ernie or Tommy, where we're, you know, we're drafting guys who, again, are playing in Siberia or somewhere else. Um, <laughs> but but two, you know, with that, you know, you can flip those picks and go higher. You know, there, there's just leeway with drafting with second rounders, man. So I'm all for it. You know, getting any kind of value out of Monte because, you know, 
again, obviously he's not the guy for the future, man. So, and definitely put him, you know, here's another thing you brought it up too. is you're putting him in a position where there's longevity for his career. You know, I mean, you know, the thing is, is thank you for your service. You know, he came here, you did his job, but you know, put him in a position where he can, you know, go to the playoffs and have some success. So yes, I think it's a winnable trade. Mm. Yeah. We just, we need to get younger and faster and more explosive at the point guard position. You know, guys that are coming out, Anthony Black, Kassan Wallace, um, you know, so those are some guys that could definitely improve the point guard position. Even if they trade back and get like Jalen Hood, Shafano out of Indiana or Kobe Bufkin out of Michigan, those would be guys that are quicker and more explosive. Then Monte Morris at, at, at that spot is just more creative getting to the basket. Um, and then you you look at Monte's value, really. You know, we just traded him for we just traded him for KCP and um, and Ish Smith evolving Will Barton. So that kind of tells his trade value right there. Ish Smith was kind of just a throwing player. Ish Smith's not even getting any minutes on the Nuggets. So it was really just Monte Morris and Will Barton for KCP because KCP is the player that the Nuggets really, really wanted. And KCP is the guy that's getting big minutes in the finals. And he's playing in his role. You know, he's another guy that's being uh, successful. He, he played well with the Wizards. I'm going to say that, that KCP was a lot better with the Nuggets, but he's another guy that would go into another team and fit in their role and contribute really good minutes and make another final. There's always a former Wizards player that always goes to a new team and they play the final. So Monte Morris, if he goes to the Suns, he might be added to that list. But I, I think it's, I think the trade is good value. I know the second round picks, 2025, 2026, they're, they're, they would be later picks in, in the second round. Uh, Landry Shamet, he's a good shooting guard. He's a good shooter. We do need more shooting. He's not a point guard at all. He's more of a shooter, shooting guard. He's off-ball guy, off guy. Not really going to bring the ball up a lot, but we do need more shooting. We do, we do need more spacing. He's making $10 million a year. Monte's making about, what, $9 million per year. I'm going to look that up real quick. Yes, sir. Um, Monte, yeah, Monte's making about, what, $9 million a year. So it's an even trade, even money trade right there. So I wouldn't mind it in two second-round picks. Personally, I don't. I, that might be a little bit much for Monte because, like I said, we we basically had to throw him and Will Barton just to essentially get KCP. So that kind of really tells you his trade value. He didn't really bump up his trade value either because, you know, him and DeLon Wright combined were the lowest scoring combined starting guards, starting point guards in the league. They were the bottom. They were the worst in scoring. You know, Monte averaged about ten. DeLon averaged about like eight or nine points a game. And DeLon's not a scorer. That's not his calling guard. But that kind of shows you just the production that we got from the point guard position. Uh, for the Wizards. So personally, I don't mind the trade at all. You get a good shooter back and two second round picks. And if, you know, Monte's not in our future, if Michael Winger doesn't see him in our future, Will Dawkins, then you might as well find a trade partner for uh, Monte Morris. Yeah, I agree, man. I think it'll be a winnable trade for both parties because I mean, Monte, you know, even let's be real, even if they try to start him, he's only starter by, you know, by default because mm-hmm. I mean, Booker and KD are running the show. Right. So it's not, you know, they're going to be bringing the ball up a lot more than he was. So it's kind of, you know, I think it's a winnable trade for both parties, man. Because, like I said, you know, I like Monte to go to a situation where he can play and contribute, but he's just he's just not it for the future, which is cool because we know that ownership knows that. So let's find that guy. But yes, yeah, very winnable trade. So I'm definitely saying yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and last thing I'll say, Monte, he was upset about somebody on Twitter. Um, he blocked he blocked some people on Twitter talking about him getting traded. So I do remember that a couple of weeks ago. So all right, we're gonna move on to a couple quotes here before we do. Getting to that, today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burnt out. Given all my time to work and family, I love my family, but there are some times where I'm just burnt out after work and talking all day. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now for everydayers, check out our episode tomorrow. Most likely we'll be talking about the rumors for uh, the Wizards being interested in Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin, or we can talk about the Wizards reportedly being interested in Karis LeVert. A lot of rumors are starting to heat up. A lot of reports starting to heat up because the draft is on June 22nd. It is getting closer and closer and closer, and then free agency starts at the end of the month as well. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun for the next uh, couple of weeks here. So, all right. Um, so I'm going to bring up a quote here from uh, Ted Leonsis. He went on the uh, Adrian Wojnarowski podcast just talking about the Wizards. Um, he basically talked about Tommy Shepard. He said that the last, he doesn't like firing executives, but the last guy that he had as GM didn't have a plan. Um, we were just trading guys and trading guys. So I'll read one quote here um, really quick that we thought stood out uh, from the interview talking about um, – this is the quote right here. So uh, T- uh, Woj asked Ted Leonsis about chasing the middle. How does it feel about chasing the middle, basically being in that uh, treadmill situation that we are in right now? He says, quote, uh, Ted responded saying, quote, we've made a lot of trades. We've signed so many players. We dressed so many players through the last three or four years, but we ended up with the same record. Uh, what was your thought about when Ted Leonson said that? Man, look at his comments, man. I got to say, <laughs> I've been very impressed with Ted this offseason. Right. I'm just, I mean, because he's listening to the fan base. You know, he's recognizing the pulse of the fan base. You know, there's two groups, obviously, and, you know, there's like the guys that want to go forward what we got even though I believe that is a minority and, and and a lot of fans who just want something else, you know, the rebuild retool, just something new, man, because you can't continue to do the same thing. And he knows that, like, he, you know, if you look at a lot of the comments he's made, whether from the press conference or the, through the, you know, the podcast, he recognizes that you cannot do the same thing and expect different results. You've got to make a change. And unfortunately, like there's a lot of buzz, especially surrounding Bradley bill, what his future is going forward. Obviously Bradley bill, he holds all the cards. Um, but, he recognizes that, man, it's, it's tough to navigate around that contract. You know, we've tried. You know, we've tried. This, you know, we're going to year two. And, you know, under Tommy Shepard, man, we've tried to make these, you know, these Band-Aid moves, man, where just they don't really take you anywhere. But, it, it's you know, it's just we got to stop. We got to try something new. We got to really try something. And he recognized that. So looking at that quote and a lot of the quotes he's made in that, um, like I said, the press conference and the Wojciechowski podcast, man, that's a good one. Um, there's a couple, and there's another one. He said, "I made a lot of, tri- yeah, that one." Uh, let's see. Another one I like is, uh, "Great organizations have an identity and a plan and a belief in the plan, and that's what we need to do here." That is another quote again, like the one you brought up, that tells me he gets it, because Ernie, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah Ernie Grunfield, but Tommy <laughs> Shepard, neither one of them had a plan. There was no plan. You know, we we said it last year. You know, I'm pretty sure we've been <laughs> years. You know, they had no plan. They're, they're making these band-aid moves where 
your team's good enough to maybe make the play in the playoffs, but you know, you the ultimate goal has to be championship. And that's brought that was brought up during the press conference. And you're hearing a lot more of that with the interactions from Ted Leonsis, even Michael Winger, that the ultimate goal should be championship. You know, I said it, I said it a lot last year is that if your goal is not the championship from day one, you've already failed. A championship. This fan base is hungry for a championship, man. We haven't had one since 1978, man. And, you know, if, and you look at teams like Golden State, you look at teams like Cleveland, who are able to take those steps and get championships, and it, it's time. It's time to do something else. So it, it, it's really refreshing to see Teleonsis, um take this change and really give Michael Winger a lot of leeway to, you know, go for a potential rebuild. You know, he's really, really changing the way he – you know, comes out. I love it. I love it. I really do because Ted Leonsis has been dope this entire offseason, man. He's made the right choices. You know, he's listened to the pulse of the fans. And look, we both know I was very, very highly critical of mm-hmm. Ted Leonsis last year. But why was I critical for the points you just said? You know, my problem was expectations. Championship not being an expectation or a goal. Um, you know, it's things like that I brought up. You know, not having a goal, not having a vision going forward. And, you know, he's recognizing that. So I'm not mad and I'm loving what I hear from him. You know, he's saying all the right things. We have to have a vision. You have to have, you know, something you're working towards, something that you're trying to implement. And I see that now. So now I'm very impressed, bro. Yeah, he's acknowledging the fans. Now, some of that, some of that is is his fault. You know, Tommy Shepard, yes, he didn't have a plan. But some of that is Ted's fault because the mandate was to make the playoffs of the play. And it was playing or bust where with Michael Winger, Will Dawkins, and and Travis Lane, he's given them the autonomy to rebuild or retool to make any decisions that they want. They don't, you know, they still have to answer, of course, to Ted, but they have the plan. If they really want to gut the roster or start from the studs, they can actually do that. Where Tommy, he did have to retool every time. He couldn't, you know, trade Brad or start over. He did have to keep going with guys that, you know, he thought they could make the playoffs and made the play. He couldn't tear it to the studs. Now, um, he is he is starting to realize that because even in the interview, he brought up a time where they, they when he first, when he had, they had Anton, they had Karan, they had Gill, and he said they had to trade three All-Stars and they had to rebuild. They got John, they got Brad, they got Otto. That was the first time that they actually re-signed some of their draft picks. They actually re-signed John Wall. They actually re-signed Bradley Bill. They re-signed Otto Porter, which they haven't done since then. Um, and then they rebuilt and they got better. And then they were, actually had a chance to get a free agent, but they whiffed on – he didn't say Kevin Durant's name, but they whiffed on Kevin Durant. So basically this kind of emulating – it's kind of history repeating itself. Of course, Brad and – this this solid three is nowhere near as 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 good as the real big three of Karan, uh, Gill and Anton, but it's three guys that do have legitimate value that you can move for draft picks or good players that you can flip them for draft picks and get a better future and you can build a team within three years and be a perennial playoff contender. So, um, and Ted and Nas the fans too. He he said in an interview he said quote I was frustrated I really was reflecting to how I felt I let down the fan base. That's something new that we've never heard. You know, Teleonce has been a guy that's blocked fans on Twitter for going after him or just disagreeing with him. He's actually blocked people on Twitter. Everyone knows. He also said everyone knows who they need to report to. I have to report, I have to, report to the fans, and our fans have been loyal. I don't feel like I was giving the fans something to cheer for, um, end quote. Yeah, and he hasn't. I mean, we've been mediocre. Also, the identity point that you brought up, we don't have one. We just don't. We're a finesse team. We're changing and switching, making trades at the last minute. The KP trade, the Porzingis trade was a good, was a great trade, but that was the last minute of the deadline. Then this year, this past year, we didn't make any trades at all. When we needed bench scoring, we gave away Rui. We lost our bench scoring. We didn't make any. We didn't make any trades at the deadline to make this team better to actually push them in to the playoffs or even to play in. Um, and then the year before, you traded for Dinwiddie. That didn't work out. 
Um, so yeah, Tommy was definitely scrambling at the last second, last minute, just trying to make the pause. Now the Gaffer trade was a good trade. Um, you did end up with Kuz at one point. The KP trade for Bertans and Dooney, Dinwiddie, that was a great trade to get some type of value for those guys who were really bad here. But um, yeah, I mean, when you're not drafting well and then your trades don't work out, it's kind of like, you know, what was Tommy really doing well? And it was time to let him go after that, that uh, Rui trade was bad. And then the Monte Morris and Will Barton for KCP trade, that didn't work out either. So um, yeah, I can see why we all see why it was time for Ted. But Ted, he's turned over a new leaf, man. He's listening to the fans. He's acknowledging the fans. Uh, he's saying that DC is a destination. It needs to be. It should be a, a free agent destination, and it should be. It's the nation's capital. I mean, it's not like you know we're just a, a random city. Like we're we're a legitimate city where we have a football team, we have a baseball team, we have a basketball team. Like we have all these things in DC, the nation's capital. I mean, it's a very it's a it's a, it's a vacation city. It's a visiting city. All the monuments, everything that we have, the nice, it's, it's a beautiful city. It's, it, it, it definitely deserves more than what we're getting. We should not be a small market, bottom of the barrel team that hasn't made the playoff the second round or past the second round since 1978. You said in 1979, you said the same thing about the football team. The football team should be a legitimate perennial playoff team. Look how the city was when, when the uh, skins at the time were doing well, you know. So, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a sleeping giant. This city, it really, this team, it really is. Well, you hit you said the perfect comment, man. You said small market. I think he's had to redefine what success is. You know, get out of that small market mind frame because this is not a small market. You know, we're serving the DC, Virginia, Maryland area, which is a major metropolitan area. You know, so it is not a small market, but he has to redefine what success is. You know, success to other organizations is championships. You know, let's be totally honest here. We haven't won the title since 1979, and we're we're selling, you know, look, a big fan of Gilbert Arenas. Karan Butler and Antoine Jameson. I love that team. Real good team. But let's be real. They only made it so far. And we're celebrating them. <laughs> we're, we're doing celebrations yeah. of them. They didn't win any championships. You know, if you look at um, John Wall era, they, they were a good team. I was a big fan of Markeith Moore's acquisition. You know, I didn't think we should have brought back Otto Porter, but that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, <laughs> with John Wall and, Brad, and Bradley Bill in that backcourt, they were a good backcourt. But you only made it so far. You were, We went to within a game of the Eastern Conference Finals. So, you know, we, we have to redefine what success is. What is success? To me, success is championships. You know, you, you know, making the playoffs every year is not success because, I mean, the ultimate goal should be championship. And I think he understands it now. He's had to redefine what success is to him. You know, is it is really making the playoffs every year to play in success or is hoisting that trophy at the end of the year, the last game of the year, really success? And it should be. You know, that you know, I'm really looking at the comments made by Michael Winger and Will Dawkins. They recognize that championships should be the ultimate goal and the ultimate reward. You know, making the playoffs should not be enough, especially now, man. I mean, you know, they had to add in a playing tournament to try to get more teams in the playoffs. I mean, it's just it's, making the playoffs just ain't enough anymore. You know, and they said another comment to me that really I love generational contention. Mm -hmm. You know, not, you know, having a team, a franchise who can compete for years on end, decades on end. You know, creating an atmosphere of contention, a championship fervor, man. This is what we need. You know, D.C. is no slouch. I love D.C. You know, I was raised here. Man, it's my favorite city. I don't care. We can go up against any city. And I'm, I'm telling you, D.C. is a dope city. I mean, if you don't like go-go, man, I don't know what to tell you, man. If you don't like half smokes, man, or, or mumbo sauce, I don't know what to tell you, man. You know, this is a lovely city that I think – I don't think has ever been the problem with the city is that the organization, how it's run, you know, how – you know, it's just I think that's what it is. So really, I, yeah, I agree with Ted with him redefining what success is and bringing in a competent front office. You will see people come to D.C. because players aren't stupid. 
players understand organizations, hit organizations. They, you know, players know that this organization has a good front office. This one doesn't. They understand that, you know, this coaching staff is, you know, unexperienced. You know, and, and that's, it goes back to Wes and his struggles that, you know, I think a lot of his struggles had to do with him being a rookie head coach and a veteran core, you know, and the respect, having a game that respect. So, no, I love what I'm hearing from this front office, man, because I because they're recognizing that a competent front office is what you need to go forward. You know, Tommy Shepard was just I don't know what his deal was, man. He just he wasn't very transparent with the fan base. And that burned a lot of bridges with the fans, because tell us what's going on, man. Don't you know, don't laugh and go joke. And, oh, you know, we, we didn't make the plan, but we're going to bring everybody back. It's like, what? <laughs> you just said we didn't make the plan. So, you know, it's just having somebody who's transparent. You know, Michael Winger and the staff, you know, Schlink, you know, Dawkins, they came in, they were really transparent with us, saying, look, we have failed to live up to expectations of what we should be trying to do. So that's where I'm at, man. I, you know, they're saying all the right things, but I'm going to say this. They're saying all the right things. And I'm loving what they're saying, mm-hmm. but the real work is starting to begin. Right. So. Right. Yeah, it's the honeymoon period where everybody says the right thing. Everybody loves the press conference because they're new. They're the new kids on the block or the new girl at school or whatever. Everything they say, everybody's going to agree with, and they love it. But they are saying the right things. I do believe. I love their track record. I mean, Travis Link was good with Atlanta. They made the Eastern Conference Finals. Will Dawkins was good with with um, OKC. Look at their draft picks. And uh, Michael Wingers was really good with the Clippers. You know, they made a couple playoff runs here and there. And even though he's not the basketball um, decision maker, he's still been great there. Only thing, um, Paul, the only, only free agent we were ever to attract is Paul Pierce. And that speaks volumes right there. We couldn't even get KD, who was a guy from D.C., couldn't even come home. So uh, that hurt Al Horford. We tried to get him. That didn't work out. But, yeah, Go-Go. I love Go-Go. It's not nationally known, but, you know, it is one of the great things about D.C. for sure. And Mumbo Sauce, Mumbo Sauce is starting to get nationally known. But uh, we're going to we're gonna make a finals prediction here or any – we'll get to any more quotes or finals prediction. But we got a quick word from Randy. Yes, sir. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. So you're probably wondering, how does Prize Picks work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. That's right, 25 times your money. No competing against other people, it's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch. This includes the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NHL, PGA Golf, college football, men's and women's college basketball, soccer, the WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Is that easy? It's safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on to sign up for an instant deposit match to $100. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Um, what's your thoughts on the finals and who you got winning this next game? This, the <laughs> Nuggets are up 3-1, and uh, they're back in Denver, man, so it's not looking too good for the Heat. 
Stick a fork in them. They're done. This series is <laughs> over, man. <laughs> it's over. Right. Denver's a whole man. I'm saying, man, Denver, they're gonna be around for a while in the West, man. They have a solid squad, man. So it, right. it, it's over. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I got I got the Denver Nuggets finishing. I wish I want to see more basketball, but I think this is over, and then we're just gonna focus on the draft after that. So it's gonna be four one. It's unfortunate to see how the Western Conference Finals that was a sweep. Um, we did get a game seven from the Heat and the Celtics, but that that was a blowout. Um, and then the uh, the Nuggets, it was a lot of backdoor passes that I saw. Aaron Gordon couldn't be stopped. He what he went for like twenty seven. Um, the Heat, they just don't have a, a really – they do have Bam, but other than that, they don't have really have a, a big man with presence in there, like a defensive stopper or a rim protector like Cody Zeller is their backup. They have no bigs at all. I mean, the tallest big they have is Bam. He's, what, 6'9 or 6'10 on a good day? So Aaron Gordon, he's really dominating. Jokic, of course, he's dominating. They can't stop either of those two guys in the paint at all. And, um, yeah, I think the Heat, they, they overachieved. I mean, for them to make it this far, even making it past the first round, I was shocked. I really was. I didn't think they were gonna make past the first round. Then the Knicks, I was like, okay, they can beat the Knicks, but the Celtics, I was, I was, I was very surprised uh, by that as well. So I mean, the Heat, they definitely overachieved, and um, they ran into a really good team in the Nuggets for Jokic. So Jokic is probably gonna win the Finals MVP, and and um, he's gonna set history, history with the points, rebounds, and assists that he's gotten. So um, I do think they're gonna. It might be a blowout too. It might be a blowout in Game Five in the Nuggets' yeah. favor. Yeah, it's over, man. But there's two things I'm going to bring up real quick before we roll, man. Number one, Denver drafting. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, Jokic, mm-hmm. where was he drafted? I'm just saying. There you go. I mean, they, they their ability to draft. I mean, Michael Porter Jr., you know, they took a risk on him because he had the injury issues of going all the way back to Missouri. So, you know, he's, you know, he was, you know, a lot of teams were kind of skeptical of getting Michael Porter Jr., man, because and I know he struggled, but I mean, but look at his performance this year, man. You know, when he when he's healthy, Michael Porter Jr. can shoot rock, mm-hmm. you know, but then Denver shows that when it's time to take that leap, you make that move. KCP. KCP was that move, man, for Denver, especially mm-hmm. three and D role that put them where they're at. And in my, in my opinion, so you got to look at their blueprint and how they made this team up, man. You know, a lot through the draft and finding these under the radar moves because KCP is not a marquee name per se. But his acquisition, just like DeLon for us last year, DeLon was very important for us if you look at how bad our defense was when he left. So these little moves under the radar are these moves that, you know, really push teams over the edge. You know, so – and two, put some respect on Jimmy Butler's name. I mean, you don't, you don't <laughs> see many talents that really – I mean, Jimmy Butler, man, if you look at a lot of the issues he had in Minnesota, not thinking that people weren't really taking things serious, brother man takes it serious. Like, mm. he is – man, he influences games. Like, he takes it serious. Heart man, so I mean, I think that after this year, we got to start putting more respect on Jimmy Butler's name, man, because he has that 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 Mamba kind of mentality, man. You know, he just like you said to be able to beat the Celtics. I thought I think most NBA fans thought the Celtics were in the NBA Finals. You know, how they pushed them to seven, man, says a lot about the Heat. But you know, like you said, man, Bam Adebayo just can't check Jokic. So again, yeah. stick your fork in them because they're done. Yeah, I mean, nobody can check Jokic and. Um, Jimmy Butler's done a heck of a job, and 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 Ted Leonsis, he brought up the Heat in the interview as well, talking about their identity. They have an identity where they have you know smaller smaller names or guys that are on big, they're are not on big contracts, you know, undrafted guys, second round guys, Gay Vincent, Max Struess, Caleb Martin, guys on lower contracts who are no name guys, just work hard, blue collar guys, and that's what he's kind of trying to emulate with the Wizards, find some type of identity. The Heat, 
certainly have identity as well. And um, it kind of shows, it reminds me of the Tommy Shepard trade too, where they, they could have consolidated when we had Montrose Harrell, Coos, and Spencer, and Aaron Holly. We just had so many guys on the team kind of at the same level, and that's where guys butt heads too. And I think that, that might be where Ted, what Ted is talking about too, where we just had so many guys and new faces on the roster where they really should have consolidated and, and, and traded these guys, traded these guys before the season even started. Yeah, I think we both agree, man, that mm-hmm. we need some dogs up in D.C., man. Definitely. We need some guys who are willing to sacrifice their bodies, some guys that get nasty on defense. We, yeah. need, you know, we need some dogs, man. So, mm-hmm. Right. So, But, yeah, we're going to wrap it up for tonight. Thank you guys for listening. Making Lockdown Wizards your first listen every day. Now, for everydayers, make sure you guys check out check us out for the rest of the week. We're going to talk about uh, the Wizards having interest in Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin and Karis LeVert, and then also some draft stuff this week as well. Thank you guys for listening. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.